the one thing that will always sell, at least in this society, especially as we go more digital is intimacy, right? It's like, you cannot put a price on a real life coach putting their hand on your back and say neutral spine, right? That will correct you 10 times faster than someone on YouTube can ever correct you, right? So I think, will the market ultimately shrink for who is going into boxes? Yes. But I do think that uh, the total market of people doing the sport will grow and that will even out what, what people want seek out through coaching. Welcome to the Barbend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your guest host, Jake Bully, and this podcast is presented by Barbend.com. Ryan Doris, aka the Natty Pro on Instagram, is an accomplished bodybuilder and powerlifter. Ryan also owns and operates Fortis EQ, which is his personal strength coaching business that ties internal conflict that we all experience in our daily lives with coaching methodology. In today's episode, we talk about a variety of topics, but we spend a little bit more time talking about the recent controversy behind CrossFit and how the sport of functional fitness as a whole can progress and be more inclusive for everyone. As always, we're incredibly thankful you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, drop a review in the app of your choice. Every month, we pick a lucky listener to receive a box full of Barb and Swag who's left us a review. What's going on, guys? This is Jake Bully with Barbin.com, and today I am joined with Ryan Doris, a.k.a. The Natty Pro on Instagram. Ryan, it's always great chatting. It's great to have you on, man. Thank you for joining us. Dude, I'm glad to be here. I feel like uh, the only way we talk is through work, and so I'm glad that we're getting to have a one-on-one conversation and still get to work at the same time, man, so it's kind of nice. Kind of, I agree. Kinda to see the yeah. last time I think we talked was at Meg's, like what, two summers ago? Yeah, Meg. Yeah, Meg Gallagher had like a party, and like it was nice that like no one brought their camera. Uh, no one really was like trying to make a moment out of it. It was just all of us. I guess you can say influencers, people who have a career in this industry, uh, who were in LA at, at that moment. And dude, we just had a blast. There was no meat, right? There was no jet. We were just like, you do what I do, right? Like my mom still doesn't think I have a job. Right. She, she's just, she just doesn't believe that what I do is real and she never will. So it's nice to be around people that like are your peers who do what you do and are like, Hey, I admire your work. Let's just have candid open conversations privately. And dude, I, that was a good time. That was one of the best times actually. Only one correction there. I had to meet, <laughs> I competed that you, but you, but you blew it off for the day at least. Right. So yeah, you were I in did. spirit. <laughs> you I, were was in drinking, spirit. I, think I was drinking margaritas while we yes, were Yes, you were, you were, you were, you hey. were in spirit for the day. Hey, I, I, I still won that little local meet. So I'll take that one. <laughs> but dude, to give a little bit of background to our, uh, to our listeners, can you just go into your kind of history and training yeah. sports and who you are, what you do, and just a little bit of background about who you Ryan Doris are. Yeah. So, uh, for those that don't know me, um, so I started, uh, sort of very, very early on, uh, I guess I got my prominent rise, uh, through natural bodybuilding specifically through the crew of people who kind of popularized the trend of if it fits your macro style dieting in natural bodybuilding. Right. Um, and I think the reason why it picked up so well in natural bodybuilding uh, is because as opposed to untested bodybuilding, I should call it, there are so many more variables, right? It is very, very difficult to bodybuild and get it right. And then there's a whole other world of nutrition. And then there's a whole other world. Uh, if you do use drugs of performance drugs, right? So it, uh, what is right and what isn't correct? I think what natural bodybuilding did really well. And what we did well at the time we showed like, look, we are cutting the variables down very simply. And here's the one we are changing as an aggregate, which is nutrition, flexible dieting. And dude, it like exploded our careers because of the way we were dieting. That was 10 years, 2010, crazy. Um, so I did well competing. Obviously, I didn't uh, come to rise through the bodybuilding itself, but more so putting out content and sustainable dieting and, and, and helping kind of change the game on uh, the culture of bodybuilding. Uh, in terms of our little niche now today, which was kind of popularized if you look at the style um, amongst like, you know, Steve Cook or Guzman, right? Like that's, it's the, it's the current style of today. Have a lifestyle, have a margarita, you'll be all right, right? Like no 
tilapia and rice type deal anymore. So, uh, so that's kind of how I got my start. And then through the peak of that, I did well. And then uh, sort of through the middle of it, uh, I was like, I'm going to give raw powerlifting a shot, right? So I jumped right in at 2013 at the beginning wave of raw powerlifting. Uh, and I did, did, did well. I did extremely well. Um, I competed as a 93. Um, my best performances, uh, total, I don't remember. It's been four years. But, but Alice McLean beat me at the Arnold, right? I know I took a second. I think I, I was, no, I told a 750, right? I told a 750 as a 93, um, I was top five at raw nationals when I competed. Uh, so I wasn't like this world-class renowned powerlifter, but I was good. Same way I was good sort of in the natural bodybuilding realm. So, uh, I kind of came to rise through the competing, but, uh, as of the last five years or so, uh, it's predominantly been my athletes and my coaching that have, have really been my focus and, and kind of what I do today. So, um, that and a combination of, I am not afraid to talk about any topic. Uh, and that does help that I kind of think outside the box versus most people who feel trapped in fitness. So, uh, I've had a, it's, it's been pretty good, right? Not only am I respected as an athlete, but I think just sort of as a person in the industry who will talk about anything because we are still humans and we still need to uh, get information on non-fitness things from each other in our trusted community. And so uh, that's been sort of me and uh, the people who uh, are my people, at least in my little tiny corner of, of, of what I do. Uh, and that's all under the Natty Pro if you've ever seen me in Explore page and just skipped over it. So <laughs> I, I was going to, you know, what's funny is I was actually going to comment on that about circling back to even Meg's like why when we're going into conversations is that you are so well versed, I think on talking on different topics and you do so in a way that is very balanced, right? There's no one yeah. side I feel. And I think recently more than ever, you've been posting on topics that are very, very high focus right now in the public's eye. Yep. And I love it. I think one of your stories, I want to say one of your posts from like June 3rd for, I think that was the date it like, dude, it like, Literally, I rewatched it two times that day. It's so like, don't tell my boss that, but I took like literally 20 <laughs> minutes of my work day and rewatched that video. And it made me yeah. start to think, and it made me start to look around in my world of strength sports, right? Inclusivity in strength sports more specifically. Right. And when the Black Lives Matter movement started getting a lot more steam and everything started picking up and then the CrossFit controversy happened, I started looking at the comments we were getting on some of our posts and it made me really start to kind of question. I'm like, okay, it seems like everything's fine and dandy, but it's definitely not. It's not. So I want to talk to you more about your opinions and like views yeah. on inclusivity and in strength sports and kind of the state of strength sports because you've been in the game for a while now mm. and how they've changed and what you see that needs changing. Yeah. So if I, I think if you look at it uh, specifically in the lens of, it's strength sport being inclusive. Uh, I think what's going on through strength sport now, well, I think there's one thing important to mention about strength sport. It's that to get into strength sport, you need to be a person of privilege, not white or black or anything, just a person that is able to come in contact with the resources that perform the sport. Right. Like it's very easy for black inner youth to play basketball because it's very easy to get access to a basketball in makeshift rim. Right. Anyone can play the game of basketball uh, versus hockey. Right. It's very hard to get the resources, to get an ice rink, to get the equipment, to afford the gear, to play hockey. Therefore, we don't see maybe it's regional too, right? Just where they're playing hockey. Uh, you don't see a lot of inner city black kids, Hispanic kids. Uh, playing hockey because I literally, me growing up, I literally never even knew where to get a hockey stick or a hockey puck, right? It, it, just, it just wasn't accessible to me. Um, so I think if you tie strength sport into it, it's almost sort of the same thing, right? It's like, you don't necessarily need an ER rack, uh, you know, to be to give to the inner city kids. But at the same time, it's like, uh, one, information is heavily asymmetrical in strength sport, right? The what these inner city kids do have uh, and a lot of urban low, low income black kids do have uh, is genetic talent. Right. And if we look at this historically, we've seen this in most American power strength sports, basketball, um, baseball, especially with the, uh, the Afro community and Dominicans. Historically, this is not new. 
there's generally no black people there, right? At all until we start figuring out like, oh, if we give these kids access to the puck, the glove, the ball, um, and not only the physical access to what you need to play the sport, but to make the information not as asymmetrical, it helps greatly. Um, one advantage that I had, I had, I ran track growing up. Uh, my family is a track family so much. So I have a younger brother, uh, who's a triple jumper and he's Olympian currently. He's literally today to this day, like still an Olympian running track. He's, he's like a year and a half younger than me. Um, so track has obviously been great for my family. Right. And I went through track on scholarship and everything. And one thing that I learned was I had this insane amount of talent, uh, but no one really to groom me. Right. Uh, until I got to sort of the collegiate level, uh, I more or less met white men who had strength and conditioning certificates. Should I should have never heard of who taught you how to properly do uh, a leg extension or right? line up your knee on the axis of shit. You would never, never think about these little things within information. Uh, that you wouldn't know. Uh, and you can liken this athletic information the same way that you can liken it to uh, financial information within households of anyone who's poor, right? Um, regardless of color. Um, so I think to kind of tie all of this short historical s- context kind of back to what's going on uh, today in the sport, and it's not being as inclusive as we would think, um, I think it is hard to point the finger on any one thing. Uh, But I would say a lot of the inclusivity that lacks starts simply from access, right? There are just no, you just cannot afford or get into a CrossFit gym or a powerlifting gym or a bodybuilding specific gym or a weightlifting specific gym if you don't have the money, right? We would like to think that our sports are pretty equal. uh, And the truth is it's objective, And if you can get in and do it, it is pretty equal, right? The sport itself is not the sin. uh, But I think it's the way that you learn the sport and come into the sport that seems to carry the burden of most of the ill that at least that we're seeing today. And more particularly with uh, kind of the things that we've been seeing on the forcing with Glassman uh, and those things nowadays. So, um, man, do I feel that uh, this sport will ultimately get to a point where it's more inclusive? It has to, right? That's what objective sports do. All right, I, this maybe it'd be different if it were, I don't know, a sport that is totally judged by the judge. Uh, but, you know, like where there, where competition can thrive, it will thrive, right? It doesn't matter if someone is Korean and if they're objectively doing the numbers and they're the shit at the sport, they win. That's how we roll in sports. It's equal to just results. So, um, but I think the bigger issue is, how do you even get in the game? That's really what I think we're pointing the finger on uh, today and is kind of the main issue. So kind of going off of all of that, man, and honestly, I don't know if I've necessarily even thought about it from that light that it comes down to access, especially early on. And I think something that's really come up once the whole Greg Glassman thing happened is I think a lot of people who didn't see it before were kind of shook to realize that CrossFit is very predominantly white. And to your point, CrossFit gyms are freaking expensive. And if you don't have the resources early on to understand what CrossFit even is, like if you find it, it's by pure dumb luck in a lot of cases. Like you either have somebody in your life that loves it and so forth. So I guess my question for you, man, is how do we work towards making sure strength boards are more inclusive early on in everybody's lives and so forth to make sure everybody has a chance to get into them. Like, how do we, how do we work around that? Yeah. So I think it's the nature of the sport itself. Um, so if I want to, if, if I call you up and my Jake, let's go play a game of basketball. You get four guys, I get four guys or girls, uh, and let's play a game. We can get a ball. We can all, like I say, chip in, I don't know what a basketball costs, probably $11 on the low end, a Walmart ball. If you really, really, really just want any ball, a $2, you can get a ball for anything. Go find a public court and we'll play. Uh, I think the issue that we see when we move up the spectrum to sports like CrossFit is that you can't just play CrossFit, right? 
CrossFit itself is owned by a private company. No one owns basketball. There is an MBA who says we will take the best and organize you. Uh, but CrossFit itself is the organizer of the sport, which is, I think has done a great job historically. Uh, if you look at the rise of it, it's been fantastic. And at the same time, they own the sport. No one can truly CrossFit individually, right? There are, there are not going to, you can, you will find rising young Afro baseball stars in the Dominican Republic. They'll figure it out. Um, but it's impossible to figure it out when you own the coaching, right? When you own the access to the organization, um, you can, for example, if you get good enough at basketball, you can walk up and say, Hey, NBA, can I have a tryout? I'm, I doubt they would let you try out, but it's possible, right? It is possible to have an open tryout. There's no such thing in CrossFit. You have to go through, I don't I'm, I'm an extreme example. It, you have to go through the totalitarian control of the owning bodies of CrossFit, right? You just can't come in and say, I want to hold a basketball tournament on my block. You can't do that, right? It's legally actually impossible to hold a CrossFit tournament. Like you'll get in trouble. So if the person who is giving access to the sport uh, is clearly someone with uh, undertones of racism, like Greg Glassman, he gives no fucks to say, let me make sure that these inner city urban kids are getting a chance to come in the sport and get developed, right? CrossFit is, I think, uh, got invaded at some point by pure athletes. And I grew up as an athlete, you grew up as an athlete. I don't think there's anything more beautiful than the athlete, right? Uh, I've been hearing this week with the context of the, the climate of what's going on, everyone saying like, I don't see, I don't see color. I don't see color. That's, that's not true unless you play sports, right? Sports is the only time where you're physically exhausted. That's your bull. So, right. You can't even take a moment to, to judge what this person is. All you know is this person's whooping my ass or this person's not right. It's, it's, it's just, it's a totally objective sport. Um, but I feel, but I feel like the kind of, the kind of issue that we're going into CrossFit is that it's almost a control of who can play, right? So how do we make it more inclusive? I think it's the same issue if I want to liken it historically. I think CrossFit, in my opinion, uh, I think they'll go through the same thing uh, that we went through, I can't remember how many years it was ago, uh, that Joseph Pilates went through, right? So there was this guy, Joseph Pilates, he invented this form of exercise, which we know as, well, Pilates, right? Um, and did his best to make sure that no one could do Pilates unless it was through my studios, my ownership, uh, and you didn't have access to the coaches. No one could teach it if you weren't in the system. Uh, and then at some point, obviously, the, the legal system was like, come on, dude, it's Pilates. It's come like, You can't own Pilates anymore. All right. Uh, we have these wonderful antitrust laws uh, that kind of help, help things become uh, public domain. So I feel like the only real next step for CrossFit would be for people who are in the CrossFit community to have the chance because dude, there are, uh, I don't know much about CrossFit, but I know there are levels of coaching, uh, certifications. Um, you could simply have someone who is a level one coach who maybe went to school in kinesiology say, Hey, I want to, uh, I want to run my kids at the school through, uh, this wad, or I want to teach them how to do that. That's illegal though, today in the current climate, like no one who has the knowledge of CrossFit, every single coach who is in the CrossFit community cannot say, Hey, I want to go to, um, a prison program and, and run this wad farm. Cannot say, I want to go to the school program, right? If you want to CrossFit, it's trapped in the CrossFit. So I think the only thing that'll help the inclusivity of CrossFit, um, is the ability to have the sport be learned outside of the umbrella of the ownership of CrossFit. And you can carry this argument literally for anything, right? Whether that be accounting, right? Whether that, right? It's not, a, you don't have to be a CPA to practice accounting, right? Imagine if you had to be within the bodying of a CPA of, to, to be accounting, or imagine if, for instance, you and I know nothing about journalism, but here we are talking to two microphones, broadcasting our voices to the world. We're totally unqualified, right? So you spread the message when you, d you let not just journalists get on a microphone, when you not, not let just CrossFit coaches only coach people within CrossFit um, under the pretense that you must have X amount of disposable income to be good at it. Uh, so ultimately, 
what does this look like for CrossFit? Uh, I think if this could happen and did happen, when you increase inclusivity, you learn some new shit in your sport, right? Golf was not ready for a Tiger Woods. You could not have predicted that, I'm speaking genetically, a male who is half Afro-American, half Asian would be the formula for golf. I would have never, right? We, I would have never guessed that we could learn some things from that person. I would have never guessed that uh, with male gymnasts or male weightlifters that I could learn so much from Chinese weightlifters. I would have, I would have never known that Lou can do what he can do. It's amazing when you watch it. So I think for me, if we want to talk about ingenuity of the sport, growth of the sport, learning new things, inclusivity and being inclusive is the only way forward and and actually to save your sport. And this isn't like some new idea. You see this in tech, you see this in engineering and all things STEM. You see this in our industry, dude, our industry is a women's run industry, right? Like I had a talk yesterday to my friend, Lauren Common. She has three female coaches under her full time, her own stuff. She's a figure competitor. And I'm just too, I'm shocked that if you really look at what's going on financially in our industry, women are the trend. And I think in time, this industry will be completely a, a woman's industry, right? We were on here talking about how we connected through Meg. Now, Meg is a woman, right? Like, dude, women are in the fitness industry have almost, almost not on the supplement side necessarily, uh, but at least direct to consumer, they're inclusive. They can add, they can do different things. Who knew a gym shark could be so powerful? I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't have known. So I feel like CrossFit uh, with what it's doing now, man, uh, if, if Castro wants to do the same thing that Glassman did, uh, it is going to burn itself out as an organization. Uh, but I think the issue now is that CrossFit is in the hearts of so many people. I've never done CrossFit a day in my life, but I love it. I love to watch the games. I love the. I follow Rich Frowning. I follow everyone. I, I love it, right? I'm a fan. I want to see more people thrive and do it, though I never want to do it. Right. And so if it's in the hearts of people, I feel like CrossFit is at this weird point as an organization uh, where they need to figure out how can we continue to do what we do and make money and run the game? Uh, maybe, I guess, if that's still the priority, but at the same time, open up the levies, for lack of a better term, to grow the sport because now it is in the hands of the people to make it better. I think ultimately. So another super moderate view by me, I know. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I love it, man. Because I yeah. mean, you bring up a lot of good points and you were seeing a lot of big named athletes now, I feel like almost split with their views, right? Like some athletes uh -huh. have said CrossFit needs to go through a big change in order for me to come back. You have some athletes who are like, I'm done with CrossFit. So I think we're in this really weird point that we have a chance to really rebuild it. Like you said, and Absolutely. so I guess my question for you, man, is in a perfect hypothetical world, how do we do that? How do we rebuild it and ensure that it's built from the ground up by the people yeah. to include everybody? Do we work on making CrossFit gyms maybe some way a little bit more, like so less expensive, basically? Or how do we get more people out into the community to spread the word about CrossFit and build it back up or build up functional fitness, whatever direction they want to call it and so forth? How do we build it better? I think, uh, if I have to be honest, if there was one sport that was on the path to actually, because I've heard people in bodybuilding say that forever and ever, and it's, it's just not going to happen, right? Like the average person doesn't want to bodybuild. But if I think there was one sport that is and was ever capable of, of fulfilling that, it is CrossFit. Um, and again, dude, I, I try not to be, I try not to have my ideas be about my heart. Uh, and I try to look and see one thing I've learned, you know, from like financial markets is like the best indicator of future behavior is past behavior. So I think if CrossFit wants to see what holds the future, it's the same way that we need to look back and see what has happened. Right. Like it's totally normal for, uh, I'm in, uh, I'm in Chicago right now. The County is cook County. Um, it's totally normal for Cook County to take taxpayer dollars and build a baseball diamond. It's perfectly normal for them to take taxpayer dollars and build a skate park. It's perfectly normal for them to take taxpayer dollars, and build a basketball court, right? What is it? So is it so hard for Cook County in these communities for people to include CrossFit? CrossFit has a strong lobbying party if they wanted to. There are powerful people who CrossFit. I think CrossFit could move forward by saying like, Hey, could we incorporate a 
small space, maybe even like a 20 by 20 space at the local YMCA. It's not a government organization, but at the local community center, we could buy some weights. Dude, Rogue is making weights for, uh, you remember the Alico only days, dude, right? Like Rogue is making weights that are like astonishing quality and astonishing prices. And it's only going to get better. I imagine. Um, it is not that hard to fund five barbells, uh, and you know, a coach that's there three times a week for four hours, right? It's the same as these weightlifting halls is done. And then when they're not doing that, uh, they can use it as open gym, right? It's not so, right? Like we have these baseball diamonds that just sit there and they get activity when they get activity. I think if America needs anything, it is how to get CrossFit and strength sport to the point that baseball did it. It's nothing new to the point that, that what jogging did, jogging is nothing new, right? America loves America loves to have its heart won over by a sport, especially one they can relate to. Uh, I think the uphill battle with CrossFit, uh, if I'm going to kind of play devil's advocate to my own point, will be that it's going to be hard to institutionalize, right? It's easy to do baseball in high school or basketball in high school. And I think it could be just as easy to do CrossFit in high school as well, too. But the issue it comes back to this thing, right? The sport itself is owned by institution right the sport itself is just not the sport of go skateboarding who gives a shit um so i'm kind of recircling to my to my to my first point if crossfit can figure out the community of crossfit can figure out how to move its sport forward the same way that joseph pilates got i hate to say it got his sport taken from him uh my grandma can now go do pilates at the oakton community college center right like for, for no money. The same way I think CrossFit should be able to have those capabilities. Right now, there's obviously specific critiques. Is it safe or these things like that? But dude, I'd be damn, I, dude, there are so many. I, I, I would say that the average person who's been at a box for five years, and if they have the type of heart and will where they want to uh, make some side work uh, or, or volunteer, uh, could teach kids, could teach anyone how to just run like your average workout of the day. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that complex. But, you know, again, it comes back to the shackles of CrossFit Inc. I have to have the certification through them. I have to do it at their box through them. I can't do it at a gold. So uh, I think the only way free and only forward is to free the sport up from this corporation, however that can be done uh, through the people of CrossFit, demand what they want. Um, there are lawyers who CrossFit. There are people of power and money who CrossFit. Um, and move it to a place where more people can access it ultimately. The same way that you can um, power lift maybe in high school and you get early access. The same way you can play basketball and get early access. So uh, hopefully I'm making a little bit of sense in that it has to ultimately be freed up so that people can have access to it because there's, there's never, it's, it's never going to work if, for lack of a better word, kind white people go into communities and say, hey, twice a year, I'm going to do a CrossFit day. That's generous and helpful, right? But if something is to have sticking power, I need to be able to go skateboard when I want to skateboard. I need to be able to go CrossFit when I want to, when I want to CrossFit. So uh, I think the model of having a box, if you want to go in there and pay for the coaching and, the, and I think what they're doing in there is worth the money hundred percent, but I don't think it's that hard to have a substandard quality of a box it's the same weights that we've been using for years, right? It's the same. There's no new exercises that CrossFit has ever invented. In fact, they're just all exercises from other, from other work exercises, right? So it's not that hard. I don't think it's that hard, uh, but I'm talking something that I think can be done over the next 20 to 25 years because inclusion, uh, the, the culture gets kind of sickening slowly, right? Like it happens very, very, very slowly. And you've seen it within CrossFit. You've seen the keto crowd uh, polarize themselves from people who are the vegan crowd. And it's like, uh, all of this is fights over people with disposable income, right? You're missing the, they're all missing, they're all missing the, the main marker on what matters. Um, so I think to be inclusive, man, I think the only way is to uh, have a, the capitalist in me is, is speaking, have a laissez-faire market with the sport. Let anyone in 
let anyone from a from a free capital market perspective get easier access to it. Maybe sure it'll never happen with hockey because who the fuck can donate an ice rink, right? Like maybe not. It's but I know expensive. the it's just expensive, right? I played but, I played hockey growing up through college and shit was expensive. Like why did I ask my family to pay for that shit? And dude, that's okay, right? Like I went on a run today, like I was telling you, and I ran past uh I live on the north north side, so it's like, you know, north I don't I don't north. It's, it's not the South. I'll tell you that. Right. And it's like, I ran past an equestrian center that was private. And then like three miles up the road, I ran through, I ran uh, to a public equestrian center that's ran by like the city. And I was like, what? Like, whoa, like this community can afford a public for fucking horses. Right. It can afford like literally us. I don't think there's any sport more expensive than feeding and keeping beautiful horses maintained. And it's like, it wouldn't be that hard to just be like, Hey, are we using this warehouse much anymore? Can we staff it, uh, four days a week and have free gym three, three other days a week. Right. It wouldn't be so, it wouldn't be so hard. We can do it with the YMCA has all that bodybuilding shit in there. It's not, it's like, it's not so hard, right? It's not so hard to get some, to get some rays and some cages in there. So I think the only way is a slow way. I don't think it's going to come down to, uh, box owners having to feel obligated to, uh, letting a, poor child into their facility to be more inclusive and being nice. I think that just, in my opinion, that extends the uh, leftist way of trying to absolve their guilt for having what they have. And I just think ultimately that doesn't work. It, if anything, it extends the welfare state, which is basically saying like, for me to have access to this gym, I need to depend on you more, right? I need to make sure that you continue to be, in some respects, my superior still. Whereas when you go into a box, everyone should be equals. Everyone has equal access with their level of income. So um, I don't know, man, I, I, I'm not the master or king of this topic. Uh, I'm just someone from the outside looking in who's been in the game for 10 years. Uh, and I look at history and I don't think that these things haven't been done. I don't think anything I've said today is some theorist bullshit, I wish utopian stuff. It's literally what we have done already in America. And I think through the Pilates example and through the institutional example of getting boxes in schools, getting them at community centers, same way that we've done with other sports, right? America loves CrossFit. I don't know anyone. The only people I know who don't like CrossFit are bodybuilders who are mad that they're like 300 pounds and can't CrossFit, right? Like they're the only ones who I know who don't, but everyone loves CrossFit. I love CrossFit, right? It's, it's amazing. So um, that's my opinion on being inclusive. I don't think it is any one person who needs to take action or do this. Right? I do think those things help, but I think on a grand scale, um, the same way that the NBA got mostly black wasn't from kind white people saying, please, I'll let you in my gym. Just put up some fucking hoops. That's it. Right? <laughs> like if you build it, they will come. It's, oh, I love it's, that. It's, it's that straightforward. I think, you know, it's, it's free market. People will play. They can play. They can play. If they can't, they can't, you know? So oh, I love it. And I think, as the nation continues to realize how important strength training is to your yeah. point, man, there is, I don't think a strength sport that is better positioned to kind of make that broad appeal than CrossFit because yeah. look, you got the general public who say, Oh, that shit's dangerous. And it's because it, yeah, you're some fucking schmuck who watched one video on YouTube of CrossFit a, fails a fail compilation. Yeah, dude, everything has fucking fails. Every sport has fails. Every sport has fuck ups. Like it's going to always be there. But I think to your point, making it so broadly accessible would be the first step too to helping shift the general public's view on what CrossFit is or even strength training in general, right? Absolutely. Because if you give people great equipment, you give people access everywhere and they understand how good it feels, how they can move, how they can produce results on their own under their own power. I think that's really powerful. And I could see somebody listening, like come up with a counter argument was like, well, how can coaches make money? Right. Well, it'd be the same way, right? If, you, Same way I a, make money. Exactly. Be a great fucking coach. Like Cream it. rises, man. Cream rises to the top. Right. And I do think, uh, I think CrossFit had its years up to this point. So today of, I think it needed to be private. I think it needed to be private. I think it needed to have people with high disposal income invest into it. I think it needed that to get off the ground so quickly. Right. Like if you look at where CrossFit is, and where the NBA is, for example, like if you look at the time and of which they're probably a bad term to use in today, but if you look at their curve, uh, basically basketball is a slow curve, 
right? It was very slow to, to get up to its level of pop- popularity, as we saw with the Michael Jordan documentary that was recently out. Michael Jordan was really the spike. It was a, a, a more or less a slope before, um, you know, 1991, for the most part. Basketball wasn't the shit like that. Uh, CrossFit, I remember when I was in undergrad, uh, I did, ironically enough, with this girl who we're still friends, her and her husband own a box now close to me and her and I did a project on CrossFit, uh, like a marketing capstone project on it. And this had to be the year 2000. Um, I have to say 2010, I think we did this. And I remember like talking about how important it was for the corporation to grow the sport and do all these things. And I think they needed to do what, the, what they needed to do at the time. Uh, but I think if CrossFit really wants to do what it wants to do, if it really wants to stand by the sport that fights chronic disease, because right now America does have a insane issue with obesity, right? Like all of my friends who do research, uh, they all know, right? They're sort of all being forced into tackling the obesity issue, right? Just like uh, 10 years previous to them, we were all, everyone was kind of forced into tackling the sugar issue, right? Like, so whatever is the nation's issue, you will be funded for. I imagine now if you're asking for funding to do, uh, I don't know, a squat 1RM versus squat volume max test, you're probably a better chance if you spend that money on COVID-19 research, right? You're probably get funded from a university better. Um, So I feel like CrossFit is in the position where is it dangerous? Yeah, a fucking a pool ball is dangerous. Anything that's heavy, it has weight to it, is dangerous. Driving a car at 30 miles per hour is way fucking more dangerous than CrossFit will, will ever be, and you do that daily, right? So um, I, I think it just all boils down to, again, that accessibility. Uh, and if we can ever, ever, ever get it to the point uh, where the owners of CrossFit will say, all right, Maybe it's time for a new structure. I think that the NBA has not lost a dime by allowing free basketball playing on courts. They haven't lost a fucking quarter, right? On letting people play basketball, not under their guise. So I think CrossFit coaches, I think they'll still make plenty of money, right? I think if we grow CrossFit to the community, you will in time. Uh, I, for example, I just, I, I coach powerlifting and, and phys- figure sport. I had someone email me and I get this email all the time. People say, Hey man, I've been following you for eight years. I'm ready to be coached with you. And it's like, that's how markets work, right? Like you, you, if you do good work and lay the seeds now, right? If you uh, own a box and you're a coach and you're like, Hey, we are the place where you can come and get like structured programming and increasing it better. Dude, like, there are, my girlfriend does, she runs a boot camp, a women's only boot camp. She's, uh, she's Pakistani. So it's like, it's like Muslim women do it. They can feel comfortable taking their hijab off and stuff. So anyway, anyways, like these women, if they wanted to really to be private, they could stay in their house. They could turn on a, any YouTube video of a free workout and do it. But I think what CrossFit coaches may be missing is that the one thing that will always sell, at least in this society, especially as we go more digital is intimacy right? It's like, you cannot put a price on a real life coach putting their hand on your back and say neutral spine, right? That will correct you 10 times faster than someone on YouTube can ever correct you, right? So I think, will the market ultimately shrink for who is going into boxes? Yes. But I do think that uh, the total market of people doing the sport will grow and that will even out what what people want seek out through coaching. But uh, I think it's a perfect example of um, controlling a market because you own something that you invented and rightfully so the owners across it didn't invent it. I, I can't argue that it's their right. Um, but at some point will your ownership shoot you in the foot of your ultimate goal? Right. Well, well because the truth is dude, like every their obesity is pretty much like across the board, pretty even there's no, like there's not like more uh, obese white people than there are black people, right? There are more poor people dying quicker for sure. Uh, but everyone's is pretty, pretty, pretty overweight in this country. Pretty, pretty fairly, right? The food is, I would say the food is, food is fairly good all across this country. So Southeast States, wherever you go. Um, so I, I think ultimately if CrossFit, its mission is to, uh, Ironically, if CrossFit's mission is salvation for chronic health issues, uh, this is the time to be Christ-like, Christ-like, 
and sort of metaphorically put themselves on the cross and give up something for the greater good of, of everything else. But it's a private company. I respect their wishes. And if they feel that that's what they want to do, um, I don't think it will be long before a company like Rogue the, a Reebok finds a way to take it from them and do it anyways. Right. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. And that's, I, that's a really good point, man. And I think my, my, my next question for you was going to be kind of focused on what you just kind of said, which if you are able to bring more and more people to the sport or the concept of it, like, do you really need then CrossFit? And also I was going to ask you, how would you respond to the controversy of what he said? Like, would you abandon CrossFit? And the community, or would you work to build something new? Like yeah. if, Ro- if Rogue did start something on their own, which we know they have very well the capability to do, <laughs> yeah. like, would you do that and work with them based off of what CrossFit did? Or would you stick with CrossFit? Like, I think that's going to be yeah. a really tough question that a lot of people need to answer, especially as the games get closer, as CrossFit tries to figure, lack of a better word, their shit out. Right, and yeah. re- realign their focuses like what would you personally do and how how do you think athletes can look at it without letting emotional bias kind of blind them right. you know that's a good question and i think a tough question uh but i think again i don't have a magic wand in the answers and i try to look at uh instead of trying to see that macro perspective, maybe just look at it micro, right? Like, uh, let's say you were in a relationship with a person for long-term and then let's say you said some shitty shit to them. Uh, and let's say, would you take them back or would you not? I think it all depends on the individual. Uh, and if you did take them back, would it still feel the same? Maybe after three years of trying, you'd give up, right? So I, I think this com- this is a complex question and I think it's a complex answer. So I, I think uh, if I'm going to go with the most popular things, what I would do or what most people are going to do uh, is going to be a handful of things. So I think one, uh, it always starts with money. Those who can afford it will be like, I don't need to pay your $3,000 affiliate fee. Uh, all my money is going into my pocket. All right. Uh, what's the guy I saw? Uh, I saw Kalipa. He basically said um, on some real shit, I am CrossFit. So, you know what I mean? Like you cannot sue Kalipa for running workouts. They're just workouts, right? Like, you know, they're just workouts, right? It's like, if you go to the games, that's on you, right? So his name is big enough. And a lot of these big boxes are big enough uh, where I don't know all the perks you get, but uh, you more or less are not in the directory of CrossFit anymore, right? So it's like, if you already have a name, it's like, uh, I'm good, right? Like I'm, I'm fine. Uh, so I think that will hurt in that those who can emotionally decide to part ways from the brand of CrossFit, um, we will start seeing that if the path looks, uh, for those listening, uh, if the, well, by the way, for those listening, I'm black, by the way, right? I know you probably, probably, (laughs) I I know you're just listening, but that's my, (laughs) this is my perspective as a black male in America. But I figured I should probably say that now. But uh, but if the path is, I'm just figuratively doing something. If the path right now between Kalipa and CrossFit is like an inch away, uh, if you if you let that thing run a tangent, right? I think that direction within seven years will start looking like five feet away. I think again, going back to like free markets, I think Kalipa will now not under the foot of CrossFit be able to kind of do some new shit in ingenuity will come in now he'll be able to figure out a way to be like man before i had these rules uh i want to do something that's a little more inclusive right like uh to not just people of color with what's going on with sort of the trend uh on social media right now but to all people right like uh we see these highlight videos and we love them and they pull our heartstrings Uh, a person with some side a palsy or an autism or some type of something that ails their physical ability to move normally Uh, and we love to see them when they crossfit when they do something amazing right and it's like who's to say now that you need crossfit's permission to uh, run a special olympics or a special games who's to say right it's like that's inclusive that's being inclusive like now that we've if we don't need their permission anymore we can be, we can put up the money to do our own stuff. We can run our own things. We can get our own sponsors to run these programs. So um, I think 
that will happen with those people like Khalifa. I think they'll go on, they'll leave the name, and I think they can afford to. I think for the people who cannot afford to lose the name of CrossFit, the other option, uh, I think these are owners I'm talking about in particular, I think they will have to continue to be under the banner of CrossFit. But, uh, man, when the talent leaves, like this is like an Ayn Rand Atlas Shrugged reference. I don't know if anyone's ever read that book. Like when the, when the top 1% of talent leaves, uh, the rest shall follow, right? It's like when the best are gone uh, and then you have, in terms of gyms, I should say at least, all only C and D players left in five years because all the, the top crop has left. Um, what's kind of the point? What are, you, what are you really getting out of this, right? It's like that 80-20 rule. Like I'm sure what Kalipa's gym is doing or Invictus is doing with Entertain and all those people, like they are the voice. They are doing 80% of the work for your local gym. They're doing the marketing of CrossFit. So if they leave, then the rest suffer. You know what I mean? So I think in terms of ownership, that those two things will happen. In terms of memberships, um, I think the members are going to have to make that personal decision. Do I think uh, if you're an African American, do I think you should have to stop going to a CrossFit box? No, because dude, like if I stopped going to everything that was racist, I wouldn't be able to do shit. Right. Like I would literally like, why do I have to keep punishing myself because other people are, 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 are racist? Right. It's like literally like there's no there's almost no if I if I if I went on record, if I was like who on record has been racist to me. Right. Like, has there ever been any incidents of racism at Apple? I'd probably have to give up my computer and my phone. I'm sure eventually. I would, right. It's like it's like have there any been in all, all parallel? Have there been any incidents uh, of against just men, period? right at any company like i have to i'd have to give up everything like some things are so bad like r kelly where we all were like all right we gotta fucking stop listening to r kelly right that was like that's across the board bad but i feel like with what's going on in crossfit it's complex because um how much money is crossfit actually making from you as an athlete right it's like they're making money off of the gym for sure uh the owners but as an athlete are they actually making money off of you um, sure, they you're they're able to you're they're able to associate you with the company, uh, but how much I don't know, right? How much are you financially giving these people power? I, I'm really not sure. So uh, I think the real answer to this man is going to be what the owners decide. The same way, if we look at American society, what the top businesses decide to do. Uh, and I think right now it's a dance of ownership. I think the top owners who feel repulsed are leaving. And I think they were ready to leave anyways, because I felt like what Glassman was doing was taking these athletes who ironically made this sport and sort of putting them second string, right? Like I look at CrossFit content nowadays and I'm just like, what happened? Where were the athlete, right? It's like, like what happened? Everything is so like, you would think looking at the CrossFit YouTube that you're looking at like Planet Fitness or something. Right. You wouldn't even think these are literally the world's greatest athletes. You would not even think that anymore. So I feel like these athletes have already felt a way towards Glassman and CrossFit. And I felt like they were ready to leave. And then I feel like the comments he made on Floyd 19 or and all the things he said, I feel like that was a straw that broke the camel's back for a lot of these owners. And they were just like, dude, I was barely fucking with you before. But this shit, right? It's like, I can't fuck with you at, at all. So I, I feel like um the athletes, again, the elite athletes have really made CrossFit what it is, no doubt, right? And then to do this, to not align with their values, uh, I just really think CrossFit will, in my opinion, never be the same uh, again. Maybe it can continue to be the same in Biloxi, Mississippi, where there's no people of color and no one cares. But uh, if I know anything, I know that Chicago, LA, New York, uh, Dallas, Boston are very important marketplaces very diverse places. Right. And it's like, uh, I hate to use the word woke, but if you have some quote unquote woke gym owners who aren't with it and they say, fuck you and your $3,000 a year, I'm just going under Invictus now. Um, I think it won't make much impact now, dude, but I think in 10 years, um, yeah, things might change, man. Yeah. Things might change slowly. So it was actually, it's, it's, it's crazy when you think about the projection of like the 24 hours of when those comments were made, how many athletes and gyms disaffiliated, right? And yeah, it, was, it, it pained me reading some of the comments on these posts because it's like, oh, this is just cancel culture. And it's like, to your point, like, no, this was the last straw that broke the camel back. And it's like, sometimes people need, especially 
when their world is jaded, let's call it, need a kick in the ass to understand like what the fuck's going on. And that's, I think, when the wokeness comes. And I think that's why we're going to see a really interesting shift within the sport because I think there will forever be butting heads within gyms on what's right, what's wrong, what people believe and so forth. But I think as our society continues to shift and progress and finally wake the fuck up, I think we're going to see a very interesting functional fitness sport that's going to have hopefully a lot more athletes involved yeah. that were not exposed to it before. So yeah, I think I think people uh, make jokes kind of on cancel culture, uh, but if you really look at cancel culture, no one has ever recovered from a cancellation. That's just the truth, right? Like say what you will. But it's like uh, no one, not one person of status in, in, in at least in North America, at least in North America, has been able to say outright racist comments. And like, dude, our fuck. Remember Paula Dean? I loved Paula Dean, dude. Oh my god, she 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 just can't climb back. You just, like, and that's the thing about America, right? There are certain things that you don't make it back from. Uh, being a being being weird to underage children, right? Uh, being treating young girls especially terribly uh racism uh you can you can steal money and be forgiven right we forgive almost anything but there are certain taboos in our society that we just don't want because one not only will people of color not fuck with you which is like at this point 30 something high 30 percent of the population i'm sure but I think the majority, if I'm being honest, and then this is for me growing up in Chicago, uh, in out in LA, the majority of white people that I've ever met in my life, uh, though some may be culturally insensitive and just not aware, just due to where they live, uh, very small amount of white people are bad people, right? A very tiny amount are bad people. Um, and I think uh, if white people have done something that, I gotta be honest, the white people have the most amazing invention uh, that I think almost everyone can learn a lesson from uh, white people. And many of you never thought about this. White people have invented white trash, right? Like black people. We don't have that. We just have black people. It's like, I am black. The dude sleeping on the street is just black dude, right? We just have black dudes. White people have like white trash. They have uh, professionals. They have like, yeah, white people have this fucking spectrum of white people, right? So when white people are ready to be like, oh, you're racist, trash. We're, we're, we're done with you. So not only do people of color say we're not fucking with you, you racist, but other white people are just like, hey, man, I can't be close to you, right? You're, you're trash. Right. That's uh, something that I think that white Americans in particular have a fantastic grip on when they see racist white people. They're just like, uh, like they don't they don't tolerate it whatsoever. So, Blasman, who's going to be there for them? Right. All good white people are going to just kind of even if they don't come out and protest and march and put up a black. So that's fine. But ultimately, dude, most white people I've met, I have to be honest, like what up well in the 90s are just good people they're not evil right it's like they don't want to condone that hate either right the same way if it doesn't matter dude if glassman would have came out and said something about women and said some derogatory stuff and and was just naive to what the comments about women i would just be like yeah cancel that motherfucker right like like we're trying to move forward in society like who are these people that think that you can live in the dark ages in america right like again historically not my opinion america since its inception has never recanted into the dark ages it's only moved forward right like america has been a progressive country nonstop since its 500 400 year well almost wow, crazy 400 year inception it has never ever gone back to a period of slavery it's never gone back to a period of oppressing women never right so like these people who think they can still be racist openly and we will magically accept you sure there's going to be a number of people who accept you but if you look at the timeline right if you look at the timeline, if you look at america 50 years ago there are like fuck the racist 50 years ago versus now it's like it's damn near like non-existent Right. Which is why I think if we look at culturally what's going on, the big conversation has been the systemic racism, fixing yeah. the next portion of racism. Right. Like there are very there are very few white people. When I was young, did I remember white people, white, like white boys, young white teenagers, they used to like get rowdy, yell shit at you out the car and do that. And like that was a thing I always saw when I was younger. Right. I, only fast forward 20 years. I don't even see that no more. Like these white kids now, they're like on 
Fortnite doing the same dances as the Mexican kids and everyone's together. It's lovely now. Or if you look at kids, I think society is moving forward. So I think touching on the main topic, man, how to be more inclusive. I think it's just touching back on access to things and all of us just getting on the same page about how we want to move the state of our living and the state condition forward. And it's not a left or a right thing, right? Like, dude, like, the most conservative conservative in this country, Senator Mitch McConnell was on the floor of Congress being like, how can we pass this fucking $2.1 trillion stimulus bill? Right. Like he did the most liberal shit, right. It's not about liberal left or right. It's about what's right. And I think people are just tired of people holding back. And I think just these comments of ridiculous people like Glassman are holding them back, dude. Like why would you not want the Michael Jordan of CrossFit to enter? Whether he's a black kid from poor, rural North Carolina. Why would you not want him to access the basketball? Are you nuts? You know what, you know what that person can do for every coach in CrossFit, right? You know what an insane bolt can do a poor kid from Jamaica can do for your sport. Like, Holy shit. Like you all will be triple your income. If you just, just get one, just get one, get one of these kids, right? Like if you just get one Usain Bolt, one Jordan, like dude, it will change fucking everything. So I think if CrossFit can't see the big picture on race, especially for strength sports, uh, allowing like more people of color in, uh, dude, it's, it's nuts, right? Like there are some of the strongest lifters are people of color. Like Chinese people are fucking strong. Koreans are fucking strong. These guys from Oman, I was in Dubai for a month and a half. Holy shit, man. They're fucking strong. There are people like there are strong white. Everyone is strong. That's the beauty of strength sport, right? Like letting more people in will only rise the sport. Or is it that people want just a nice, tight, friendly white people group in their local CrossFit class, like a country club, right? So either it's, I think the CrossFit is an extension of country club behavior, where it's not really about the sport. It's just about being around your buddies and people you're comfortable with. Or for those who is actually about the sport, as Trump would say, we got to open up. We got to open up. We got to open up the sport, man. Like it's got to get everywhere. So uh, I think CrossFit's in a good place predominantly because the majority of people who I met and know who are CrossFit are good people, right? Hands down, right? And if I believe in this country and state of North America and the world, uh, goodness always wins, man, right? We're like 10 and no on goodness in this country. A few blemishes, sure, but we figure them out. We all, we always do. We always do. So uh, I think CrossFit will be no exception. And I think the people love CrossFit too much to uh, see it diminish into a racial, a few racial slurs and, and never come back. I think it has to go. I think Reebok and Rogue will help lead the forefront and the people will follow. Um, yeah. Tremendously. So. Dude, that's, that I think is the perfect conclusion to our conversation. <laughs> you, you of course obviously made it a perfect circle back to our original topic as you always do in conversations. That's so. called giving points, not just giving opinion. You got to try to stick with it. I would yeah. like to add that uh, I'm you I, I didn't know for anyone listening to this, I didn't know the topic be, like before five minutes before I started this podcast. So if, any, <laughs> if anything I said had a wrong statistic, just DM, DM me. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> you know, with, with friends, I like to just let conversations flow and um, yeah. <laughs> that was good, you, man. I mean, hopefully there's some takeaway. I, I hope there is, but uh, I think the, the problem to be solved is no different than what we've done. Like I said, we've, we yeah. saw it. We all know the story of Jackie Robinson, right. And like the sport being controlled by, by, so I, I think if history serves itself, well, I think the way to get inclusive, like I said, man, open up, open up those boxes, put, put them in high schools, put them in, get it to this point where we can take a Pilates class, just like we can take a Pilates class at the local community center should be able to take a CrossFit class. Right. So I love it, man. Well, before we head out, would you mind telling everyone where to follow you, where to find you yes. on the interwebs and so forth? So my full name, uh, I'm sure you've seen it by now, is Ryan Doris. So you can Google that. And I've done uh, interviews of all kinds, really. Uh, and there's a variety of content that I've had. But uh, for some odd reason, the world seems to thrive off of my athletic stuff. So most of uh, what I put out to the world is athletic stuff. 
and uh, through through my coaching. So uh, through Instagram is popular, uh, the Natty Pro. Uh, my YouTube is the same thing, the Natty Pro, T-H-E-N-A-T-T-Y-P-R-O, Twitter as well. Um, and my website is my company. It was Fortis EQ, F-O-R-T-I-S-E-Q. It actually means, I know people always ask, uh, Fortis is the Latin word for strong and EQ is uh not IQ, but it's emotional intelligence for EQ. So I feel that the formula to be a great athlete is obviously being strong uh, and having good emotional intelligence, like these conversations that Jake and I are having here. So, um, so that's kind of the basis of my coaching and what I do. Uh, and man, that's about it. I think I'm not, I, don't, I, I chill a lot. I chill a lot, work a lot. That's pretty about it. So find me, DM me. Uh, I'm pretty receptive and I'm pretty talkative too. If you, if you want to extend <laughs> the conversation. Well, thank you so much for the time, man. It's always a pleasure catching up and hopefully we'll have you back on in a few months, maybe a year from now when things are starting sure. to progress and change and we could circle back to this conversation and talk even more on it. Thank Dude, you, man. I, I would love to. Thank you, my brother.